This is Near Dark Radio. 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 Mic check. Is that what you're doing? Mic check. I don't know. Is it is it running red? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Oh, welcome back to Near Dark Radio, everyone. I'm here with Courtney Somerville in the studio. I'm here. <laughs> I don't know what you want. Well, I want to talk about wokeness. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned last time that I find it's become a very, very disgusting and pernicious sort of stylistic fashion trend definitely a trend yeah definitely a trend being masked as a philosophy mm-hmm. and it's not it's wokeness is the product of fear i think it's a byproduct of cancel culture so all these people are wanting to be woke for fear of judgment aha uh-huh. yeah cuz if you from my perspective if you look at it Cancel culture came first. We were going through tweets. We were going through this, going through that, finding receipts. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, my God, if I don't say this, everyone's going to think I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, if you feel like you have to please everyone, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> Correct. No, no. Well, let's let's go ahead and say this. Wokeness is an old, the, the term woke mm-hmm. comes from the 1860s. It was used during the presidential election of Abraham Lincoln. And the abolitionists used it as sort of a, you know, back then it was an admonition to the blacks Mm -hmm. to wake up. Wake up from your slave situation and stay woke Mm -hmm. because we have work to do. And... You know, it's to have that same connotation until very recently mm-hmm. when it's just become this sort of all-encompassing word for being, like, one, one, one thing I read was it, it means having a healthy paranoia about social justice issues. I don't like that. that it, doesn't that sound fucking... I don't like that at all. It's slimy. It's, it sounds neurotic. And to be socially conscious does not equate paranoia. Correct. At all. And that, that word should have never been used. <laughs> Ever. Well, to demonstrate how wokeness has completely gone off the rails, I wanted to look at a few recent mm-hmm. events mm-hmm. where it's kind of backfired on folks. Okay. First of all, Lady A, Lady Antebellum. Okay. The country group Lady Antebellum, which was a stupid name to begin with. Poor taste. I mean, poor taste, but also it just doesn't roll off the fucking tongue. I'm sorry. No. Fun fact, I met them a long time ago. At a Ku Klux Klan rally? No, it was backstage for work. And they're all taller than they look. And pretty standoffish, but... But yeah, so in in the hopes of appearing woke mm-hmm. and anti-racist, they decided they were going to change their name from Lady Antebellum to Lady A. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really get rid of the uh, antebellum. It just puts an abbreviation for it in there. But 
Okay. They could have they could have done Lady Anti, A N T I. Lady Antifa. Antifa. They could have done Lady Antifa. Literally anti anything that's garbage. <laughs> yeah. But they went with Lady A. And turns out there is a black blues singer mm-hmm. who's been using the name Lady A since the '80s, and. She asked that if they were going to use that name, that they pay her $5 million so that she could invest in rebranding. Mm-hmm. $5 million donated to a charity, probably Black Lives Matter or some sort of Which you know, black fitting. organization. And then they could use the name. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, 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 we're going to sue you. Well, I saw in an article now, that, that she, Lady A suggested that they be Lady A the band and she be Lady A the artist. And they didn't like that either. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. And honestly, if you're listening to Lady A the artist, what's your likelihood of being into country music at all? <laughs> where's yeah. where's the draw? Especially white pop country music. Yeah. Who had one hit. Yeah. Like, that was what, seven years ago? Mm-hmm. So, they and I to- even looked up Lady A, the mm-hmm. artist, the blues singer, to make sure that she wasn't just like, you know, had had this name back in the 80s and was suddenly like, hey, wait, no, don't that take my her. name. Yeah. No, she released an album in 2018. She released an album in 2014. She's an active artist. She's, so She's active in the media right now. Yeah. I mean, if anything good comes out of this, it's that, I like, I never would have known about her. Yeah. And I actually went and listened to her music, mm-hmm. which is fun and bluesy. And, but yeah, so in order to appear woke, they change their name and then end up suing a black woman mm-hmm. for rights to her name. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's woke backfiring right there. Uh, problematic, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> Just stupid. They should yeah. fire everyone. Well, they're... they're- Management company. Their management, their legal team, mm-hmm. their PR folks. Mm-hmm. They should fire all of them, and then they won't have a career anymore because they'll realize that they were nothing without those people to begin with. Because yeah. they're not very talented. Also, that. Yeah, not my favorite. So yeah, I mean, kind. their cancellation is pretty much assured. Self-inflicted. Yeah, and self-inflicted. <laughs> <laughs> they committed social justice suicide. Mm-hmm. I just how are you going to portray wokeness at the cost of a specific black woman? Like it's not only are you changing antebellum, which shouldn't have occurred in the first place, but you are specifically going after a black woman when your cause is supposedly Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, ostensibly they changed it so as not to inflict emotional harm. Mm-hmm on black or any other of their listeners mm-hmm. that that saw antebellum Indirect as harm. pre-Civil War. Yeah. And whereas this is direct harm. Direct. <laughs> direct and calculated harm. Yes. Ugh. And I, it's, I think it's funny to see where conservatives are ridiculing the Dixie Chicks because they already have preconceived notions about them. Yeah. Whereas Lady Antebellum literally went with antebellum <laughs> versus Dixie. Which Dixie is just the South. Yeah. It's not it's a, a certain region. South at a certain time. Yeah, it's a region. Yeah. <laughs> I just, 
little tidbit there. Thought that was humorous. Fools. Fools all over the place. But there's more. There's more. Mm-hmm. Um, you sent me a post that was made in you uh, a plant group that yes. you're in on Facebook. You you like planting things. You like raising plants. I like trying not to kill them. Trying not to kill them. Yes. That's fine. Um, yeah, let's pull. And you sent me this post that was made in the group. Mm-hmm. By an admin. By an administrator of the yeah. group who decided that it was essentially illegal mm-hmm. within that group to mm-hmm. use the term wandering Jew for the plant wandering known as Jew. a wandering Jew. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no idea how that name came about. Wasn't interested in doing any research on that, but it's been called that for centuries as yes. far as I know. And what was concerning to me within that group is people did consciously acknowledge that that name may be anti-Semitic and may pe- make people uncomfortable. So they referred to the plant as like wandering dude or wandering gal because us crazy plant people name our plants. Mm-hmm. We do that. Um, and within the group, on the comments of that post, which I can go back and find, we're no longer allowed to call them wandering dudes, wandering gals, because it is limiting oh, to gender norms. We're only oh, only allowed to refer to the plant as its scientific name, which I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to try which to. Which is... Oh, she even abbreviated it. T. Zabrina. Yeah, she even ab- abbreviated it. Which doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Now, I'm not I'm not here to fight for the name Wandering Jew. No. But which battles are we going to face? Exactly. Because if you within a private group that people have chosen to be a part of and could just as easily choose to not be a part of. Correct. It just shows you that there's no limit to the demands of wokeness. Mm-hmm. If you change it to wander from Wandering Jew, which, you know, does feel weird coming out of my mouth. Yeah. If you change that to wandering dude, oh no, that's not good either. Mm-hmm. So what? Where do we like? If we'll get into this, probably. If you start using a scientific name, well, science and the Latin categorization is a European white phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can't call it that either. It, it's Dur- it's a wormhole. Yeah. Of excuse the phrase, but it's a it's a wormhole of bullshit perspective. Is all that is, is perspective. And I might add that the woman who posted it within the group is around my age and white. So what, well, what, this what is part what, of that battle is yours? Yeah, exactly. Why are you the one speaking on it? Yeah. Well, white women have been speaking a lot on issues in the past few months. Golden uterus syndrome. What is that? Golden uterus syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a term that is more commonly used for biological mothers where if they produce the offspring, the stepmother or whatever can't care because it wasn't descended from her uterus. Uh-huh. But on a larger scale, I've been using that term freely to express that white women, one have been oppressed into thinking that we're incubators. So white women have been viewed as incubators, so we feel this innate sense to care and that maternal bullshit 
that's been pressed upon us. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's maternal. Sure. Well, and I think that's what feminism had right mm-hmm. back in the 60s was mm-hmm. that they were pointing out, hey, not everyone's maternal. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants to stay at home and rear mm-hmm. children. The ones that want to go out to work, let us go out and work. Mm-hmm. And let us spar with men and mm-hmm. on the same playing field as men. Yeah. And they won that. And now they're trying to f- extend that to none of us are maternal. But that maternal instinct is still there that yeah. many women have. And they're turning it on to other portions of society. Mm-hmm. Like, they're turning it on to causes. They're, the whole COVID thing. There were so many white women telling us look, hey, I really need you to listen to me and I really need you to do this mm-hmm. because this is going to keep you safe. And it's like, ma'am, I am a grown adult. Who are you to keep me safe? Yeah. What? And that's that's where I come into that golden uterus thing. Like, just because you are maternal and just because you have a uterus and just because you feel this societal pull to be a mother figure, one, people have mothers. Correct. I don't need another one. (laughs) People have mothers. And those that don't have mothers who are active within their lives don't need a replacement. (laughs) Don't need a replacement. So sit down. Focus on what you need to focus on. Focus on rearing your children to be good humans. Whatever those may be. If you don't have children, whatever you've... Whatever taken on it, yes. as your be it adoptive, step biological nieces, nephews, plants, pets, yes, friends. I don't know, maybe Just, not friends, but be that for the people that need it within you. Sure, don't be it for people who never asked for your opinion. <laughs> yes, no one asked to hear your voice. Well, and going back to that post, yes, the thing that struck me so much about it was. The, the last sentence. When a group of marginalized slash oppressed folks, spelled mm-hmm. with an X, which mm-hmm. we'll get to, when a group of marginalized slash oppressed folks ask you to stop using a name slash word, you stop. This is not up for discussion. That's... Okay, God. Would that be considered tyrannical? Like, that sounds like, a bit authoritarian yeah, to me, yes. I don't like that. But no one likes that. Yeah, no, I, I do plan to leave that group after this discussion. I just wanted to have it in my pocket, <laughs> just in case. Not going to name names, not going to name groups, anything like no, that. No, 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 we're not calling out. No, we are just... Not the point. Pointing out strange instances. Mm-hmm. Brought on by young white women. Yeah. The, in, well, this, in this case specifically. Yeah, in this case specifically. Uh, one last one that I saw a couple of days ago. The museum curator at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art yep. was forced to step down after he participated in a diversity mm-hmm. initiative to try to get more art from more diverse populations into the museum. Mm-hmm. And he ended the... The, the thing by saying, don't worry, we will still collect art from white people. Mm-hmm. That is all he said. The response to it was a petition that said, quote, considering his lengthy tenure at this institution, we ask just how long have his toxic white supremacist beliefs regarding race and equity directed his position curating the content of the museum? White supremacist? Huh? And instead of standing up to this, he resigned. 
for saying that he would continue to collect art from white artists. Can I say something a little petty? Yes. It astounds me because if he had said we will continue to have white female artists, no one would have bitched. Mm-hmm. No one would have bitched. No. And furthermore, even pettier, how many white supremacists do you know that can name white artists? <laughs> go down to the square, go down to those buildings, and ask if anyone knows who Degas is. Have you ever seen a Renoir? Right. No, right. They have. No, they can't pronounce it. They can't read it. <laughs> that's petty, and that's generalized. But I mean, predominantly speaking, it holds true. They are not. <clears throat> they are not well versed in the arts. No. They're not well versed in literature. Which comes down to our education system. But sure. Sure. That's another conversation for another day. But yeah, I mean, they just throw this word. I mean, the word white supremacist has been thrown around. And everyone. What is even the true definition of it now with the way it's been evolved? Well, we'll get to that, too. Yes. Um, Because we have Mr. James Lindsay, Dr. James Lindsay, who was a guest on this pod. Mm -hmm. He has compiled an encyclopedia of wokish terms. Okay. So that we lay people can understand... What these new terms mean, and also what new definitions are mm-hmm. for old terms, um, because his his insight into this is that this is not a grassroots movement. This is not a wokeness. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not something that's come up from from working class people or people dealing with oppression. It's come from academics who have studied. Very strange and very abstract white theorists Mm -hmm. from Europe, Mm -hmm. mostly Germany Mm -hmm. and France, who have then adopted these ideas and convoluted them and come up with this whole new lexicon and new definitions for words so that when they say something like white supremacy and they point at like the state capital and Mm -hmm. just say, that's white supremacist, we all go, well, what? How is that white supremacist? Yeah. And in, in their mind, in their definition, it is white supremacist. But for mm. the rest of us who are not, haven't studied queer theory or critical race theory, we're like, no, that's that's the state capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been white supremacists that have worked there. I'm sure. Yes. It's Tennessee, but I don't I don't get what you mean. So. I wanted to go through a few of these definitions. Ooh, trying to get me fired up? Well, let's take folks. Okay. Because we talked about that the poster on your plant website used folks with an X. Now, James Lindsay in his Wokish Encyclopedia has an entry for both folks spelled normally mm-hmm. and folks with an X. Mm-hmm. He was. He noticed that the folks spelled normally mm-hmm. was starting to have a lot more currency in critical justice, critical um, race, and mm-hmm. critical queer theory. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying people or demographics or populations, mm-hmm. they would say folks. 
which is odd for academic writing. You know, you would normally try to be more specific. I, I feel like it's very lax. Yeah. Very lax. Well, and he, he, his interpretation of it is that it implies a certain groupishness. Because mm-hmm. when you say black folks mm-hmm. or queer folks, mm-hmm. you, uh, you get this sort of, oh, it's a, it's a group. Mm-hmm. It's not a statistical, mm-hmm. numerical demographic. It's a group that has mm-hmm. things tying them together. It has a sort of like that Germanic folk yeah. notion to it. My hypothesis is that the folks with an X Mm -hmm. um, is that they're trying to distance themselves from that Germanic folk Mm -hmm. because guess who used the word folk a lot Mm -hmm. in his racist speeches? Mm -hmm. I guess because I read where with the X it's to include people of color and people who identify themselves as part of the LGBTQ. Coming from someone who claims ignorance when I don't know something. You do. If I don't know, I want you to tell me. I went to college as an English major, dropped out because the institution sucks. But me, coming from that English language perspective, mindset, the term folks is all-encompassing until you place an adjective beside it. So if we are just openly saying, hey, folks, who are we talking to? Everyone, yeah. Everyone. So. It's inclusive. It's, it's very inclusive. And I guess my concern, speaking as someone who likes language at the least, is a lot of this is confusing to most people. Mm-hmm. It's confusing to most people. It's confusing to educated people. It's confusing to young people. But it's even more confusing to the generations before us, right? Yeah. So in what world and grand scheme of things does it make sense to have the same word spelled differently with different connotations when we're trying to make sense of this? Yeah. And the people who are speaking on these topics and are educated and are passionate about all of it should understand that simplification is going to be the friend of this movement until simplification is no longer needed. We are not at the point where we can add details, change letters, and create words that all have the same prefix yeah, or have the same suffix. Like it's already confusing. Yeah. So as a gracious response, when you're trying to educate people, when you're trying to voice your opinions, you want to put it clear and concise and make your point known. And that is not happening with this whole wokeness thing. It's not happening. No. And I think that is very well said. Thank you. Like, that's one thing that's so infuriating to me is that as someone that wants to see progress, Mm -hmm. that wants to see social justice, small s, small j, Mm -hmm. it's just becoming so confusing. The fact that you had to specify the capitalization of your letters (laughs) shows that it's I mean, it's the same with Black Lives Matter. Yes. do I believe Black Lives Matter? Absolutely. Yes. Do I believe in capital B L M Black Lives Matter the organization? Not necessarily. 
they have said some things. They have made affiliations with certain mm-hmm. theologies and ideologies that I do not agree with, that I think are dangerous. But and it, it, it does, <laughs> so you have to specify what are mm-hmm. you, which one are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Language, this whole woke mentality, ideology, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. has turned language into uh, a weapon in their hands. Mm-hmm. And just a, an endless set of tripwires for everyone else. Yes, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because it does seem when you see these extremists within the wokeness side of things, if you say anything wrong, anything, even if you turn around and admit, hey, that was probably insensitive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad you pointed that out to me and I, I'm learning from this conversation a lot of those extremists will still be like, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. Screw you. You didn't already know. Yeah. They're not. And it, it, it just makes it, it points out how disingenuous they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're it's not really trend. out to, for social justice. They're yeah. not really out to educate people. They're out to cut people down. If, they, if it was an education tool, it would be simpler. Exactly. Yeah. That that is what it comes down to. Yeah. Is if you want people to know that groups are disenfranchised, or all you have to right now, all you have to do is read Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. W. B. Du Bois, James Baldwin, Malcolm mm-hmm. X, Martin Luther King. There's plenty of black people. They've been talking about this for generations. And our education system needs to do better. Do they do? They need they to need step to it do, up and have us which reading is a woke stuff. term. Do better. Oh, do better. Do better. Oh. But it's. I always say, especially in the light of the coronavirus and all this stuff that's going on, the best place the government could have us is broke, stupid, and divided. Yeah. And what are we? All three. Within, and it reached it reached new heights within this year. Yeah. They're, the divisiveness, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and well, the stupidity. And too. The well, stupidity. the stupidity was always there and latent. It was well, just, my, you just see it breaking out. My stepkids aren't in school. Uh, no, yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. My stepkids aren't in school. And am I qualified to teach them? Probably more so than some, but no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. You're not going to teach them. No, and even when they get into, even when schools open up, this, that, and the other, the girls still come to me and their father, and I'm sure their mother, and ask, well, what was it really like? Mm. They ask all the time. Yeah, because they're not being taught. No. They want us stupid. They want us broke. They want us divided. Well, you keep saying they. The big they, the capital. Yes. The but big let's they. specify because that does get thrown around a lot. And right yeah. now that can sound like, you know, it can be straight very white men. It could be white people in general. It could be the political class. I look at it as the political and media class mm-hmm. that if you, if you actually watch and listen to these people, mm-hmm. I'm talking about your national political class, your people in Congress your people in the executive branch, your people in the judicial branch, and the media that covers them, Mm -hmm. that's actually a very, very, very tiny population Mm -hmm. and very inbred. Uh, Yes. (laughs) 
I mean, they're 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 controlling to some. I mean, what what Americans don't realize, I think. Americans don't realize now, and I'm, I'm worried that we're about to change this fact, is that the federal government doesn't have that much power over us. No. Our state and local governments have much more power over us, and we have much which, more direct contact which with Which was those. the point. Yeah, that was the point. That was the point. And to mention states' rights, right, you know, mm-hmm. in the past, as long as I've been alive, has always been like a dog whistle to say, oh, well, guess what the last time states' rights was invoked for? Slavery. And it's like, no... But those same people that come to you with that argument want to see the South rise again. Who? What? The people that come to you saying, well, the last time states wanted to separate, last time states this, states that, in our community specifically. Well, no, no, I'm talking, these are the woke people that come at me with that. Yeah. I see it They don't want states' rights because they view that as states being able to ban abortion or... You know, segregate schools. Yeah. Jim Crow laws. They don't realize that states' rights can be a good thing. I guess where I was coming from with the other side of it is you get those incredibly conservative people, and it's like, well, you remember when we tried that? It wasn't okay when we did it. Uh, you know what I mean? That, yeah, that yeah. kind of slimy, last time it happened, this is what, Ugh. you know. It's yeah. it's hard to put into words. I guess I don't I don't have much interaction with conservatives, which I, I do through I have various to seek aspects it out. of my like, life. Like I actually have to listen to podcasts and yeah. find their media because everyone I surround myself with is liberal or progressive. Yeah, through through different avenues in my life that are unfortunately beyond my control. I I am. Heavily, heavily involved with a lot of conservative people. And through all of this social media garbage and if you if you think this, unfriend me, da-da-da-da-da. No. I want to see your posts. Yeah. I yeah. want to see what you think. And one, I want it to keep me humble. Sure. First and foremost. I want... Your uneducated opinions, your bred opinions that came from your parents' parents, I want those to keep my feet planted on the ground. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to stand firm and be like, mm, no, I disagree with that, and this is why. Whether I tell them that or not, I'm going through my brain and saying, this is why I don't like this. Which is the whole point of free speech, Mm -hmm. the whole point of public discourse, is that you have grounding mechanisms. You have something that you can see and say, oh, I do not agree with that. Mm -hmm. I may not know exactly what I believe, but by seeing what I don't believe, I can figure out what I do believe. Yes. My entire life has been, I see you doing this, and I'm going to do the exact opposite. In various acts, various aspects, political, social, even just in my own upbringing, I'm not doing that. But if I didn't see that, and if I didn't willingly expose myself to these opinions, I would not be able to form my own without some form of foundation. Mm-hmm. Because personal experience far, far outweighs 
just about anything else in today's society. Personal experience is the only thing that people can't take from you. And that that brings me to another of these terms Mm -hmm. that was included in this woke encyclopedia, which is cancel culture. And we're hearing a lot about cancel culture right now. There was recently an open letter from Harper's Magazine decrying cancel culture. Lots of different intellectuals that have very serious disagreements with one another Mm -hmm. signed it all together. They came together to say, hey, being progressive is fine. Canceling people is bad. Yes. And And then we had this big backlash saying, what? Cancel culture doesn't exist. Cancel the people that signed the letter. Nail. Head. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> like, do you want Sprite or Sierra Mist? <laughs> I'll take a Fresca, thanks. Right. At, at, at what point, because I've noticed it through my adulthood, and I'm still learning and evolving, and I hope to never stop. At what point did we turn from, no, that's not okay, someone admitting, hey, I, you're right. That wasn't okay. Let me learn. Let me be better. Let me teach myself. Let me evolve. At what point were people disallowed from being wrong? Uh, I can put a fucking date on it. Social media. There you go. When social media came around. it. I mean, it really... Because cancel culture is not a new phenomenon. Me and Kelly no. talked about this last time. Like McCarthyism was cancel culture. Um, the Salem witch trials was a kind of mm-hmm. very visceral form of cancel culture. Um, but the reason we have the term cancel culture now is because it's that technique, that strategy mm-hmm. for silencing your opposition has become so widespread throughout all tiers of the population. Mm-hmm. It used to be that If there was a powerful person in a position of power that had a platform that was influencing lots of people, that was in a high place in government, that did something nasty and disgusting or said something Mm -hmm. ignorant and wrong, you could cancel that person. You could say, hey, that person needs to be removed from that position of power. I don't necessarily disagree with that. Some people abuse their positions. Yeah. What I have a problem with is teenagers canceling each other on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's people getting getting regular working class Americans Mm -hmm. fired from their jobs. Mm -hmm. You're not winning support to your side by doing that. No. You're isolating and radicalizing people. And if you're not, you may not be pushing them into, you know, fringe white supremacist movements, Mm -hmm. but you're definitely turning them away from your social justice movement. Mm -hmm. And in certain cases, I can see where it would be applicable. I know that there was a post where several, several cops had made incredibly racist statements, volatile statements, be it generalized. It wasn't directed at anybody. Psychologically speaking, if you're willing to put that on social media, you are not able to defend and uphold justice. Sure. In certain circumstances, it's okay. But 
again, cops have a certain position of power yes. within society. Yes. They walk around with guns. Yes. The further you up are up in the pyramid and all this stuff, the higher up you are in authority, the more careful you need to be. Yeah. For one. If you have those opinions, I can't stop anyone from having opinions. Well, and see, I, I wouldn't even say it that way because I see what you mean. I don't think they should be careful. I think we should have a system where people who are qualified mm -hmm. for positions of power mm -hmm. make it up into higher and higher positions of power. Yes. As opposed to Joe Billy's son mm -hmm. gets to be sheriff because his dad was sheriff and everybody just and his knows his dad's that, dad. Yeah, and, et cetera. Yeah. yeah like yeah. that's not a meritocracy, that's a aristocracy. Mm-hmm. I do, I do see where, quote unquote, canceling can be beneficial and should it should have its place. Yeah, but but its place is not the entire internet. No, it is not the whole of population. No, and it is not the whole of opinions. No, and in this encyclopedia entry, he quotes from a. Um, Vice.com article defending cancel culture. Quote, cancellation isn't personal, but a way for marginalized communities to publicly assert their value systems through pop culture. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, that sounds rather benign, mm -hmm. but when every single individual views themselves as marginalized and therefore thinks they should speak up and have their voice heard, mm -hmm. that is a neurotic fragmented public mm -hmm. that's not that's not there's no social cohesion there well and there's a huge sense of entitlement there's a huge sense of entitlement With, within our country specifically yeah as compared to others huge sense of entitlement the idea of free speech has been perverted into this idea that because you can speak write read or sign <laughs> that your opinion matters. Yeah. Which I guess, you know, we're currently engaged in expressing our I mean, opinions. We're, we're engaged in expressing our opinions, but those who listen are more than likely going to be like-minded. Yeah. And even further than that, we're expressing our opinions in a non-confrontational way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it comes down to. If we can hold a conversation, disagree. Yeah. Disagree. And still be friends. How often do you see that anymore? Yeah. You don't. No. You well, don't. You see it in real life. Mm -hmm. We have a mutual friend who disagrees with almost everything that I probably think. Mm -hmm. I disagree with most of what she thinks. Mm -hmm. But because we have exchanges in real life, we actually mostly find ourselves on the same page of, some, of one thing or another. And we enjoy one another's company yeah. and we enjoy one another, uh, like the discourse we have with one another. If I only knew her on Facebook, mm -hmm. I would hate that fucking bitch. Mm -hmm. And she would hate me too. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to another problem. No one knows how to socialize anymore. Mm -mm. No form of socialization that's interpersonal. By any means. No. If you if you communicate through circuits and binary code, and that's your 
only form of communication with the outside world, you are debilitating yourself in a large, large way. And if we keep this division going, if we keep the cancel culture going, if we keep this idea that if someone disagrees with you, they hate you, Mm -hmm. if we keep this going, we're going to hit two very hard walls on the opposite side, and we're not going to know where to go. But if we well, can, we're going to come to we're going to go to blows. Yes, exactly. It's going to it's going to turn into something no one wants. Yeah. No one actively seeks division. Subliminally, yes. Well, I think, I think there are a few there are a few Extremists. fringe people yes. on both sides yeah. that yeah. do want to see the country shattered. Yes, but even more than that, I feel like if we focus all of our conversation on the extremists, be it left or right, we are doing a large disservice to the vast majority of people who just want things different. Yeah. They just want it well, different. Well, okay, let me, I want to challenge you there. And, and it's it, this is just a subtlety. Okay. There are people on the fringe left and the fringe right mm-hmm. who want division. Mm-hmm. There are people closer to the center Mm-hmm. Who do want to see change? Yes, but they don't want to see revolution. They want to see us, you know, work within the systems we already have to produce more equitable outcomes. There is a vast, silent majority that sits in the center. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call it the center. They're pretty apolitical. Mm-hmm. They want the status quo to continue. They want their lives to go unchallenged they want things to just proceed as normal like and i've noticed this with with covid mm-hmm. most of the people in this town just went about their lives mm-hmm. and just pretended this wasn't happening and are still pretending it's not happening Entirely. and i see people taking vacations i see people doing things i'm like you do know that the economy is in free fall right now mm-hmm. you do know that the unemployment is creeping out from, mm-hmm. you know, I was an artist, I was a performer, mm-hmm. so I was fired a day one, mm-hmm. not fired. I don't want my boss to hear that I said that he fired me. He did not. Temporary setback. Yeah. I was just not allowed to work. Mm-hmm. This is, this economic thing is going to creep if we don't change mm-hmm. our, our approach to this. Yeah. The way we go back to school in the fall. We have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same as it was. And yet people just have their blinders on and they're going, no, no, just straightforward, proceed as normal. And I think that's where right now they're hearing the fringe. Mm-hmm. The fringe have the microphone. The fringe have the microphone. And I'd like for them to hear not the fringe, but not the... I just want I just want life to continue on as normal because I don't. No, no, that's the status quo has been weird and neurotic and corrupt for a while. Well, and through COVID, the status quo has been changed to no fault of anyone. Yeah. When a society goes through something, uh, when our planet, our entire planet, goes through something, things have to change. Things have to evolve. Things have to be better they have to be <laughs> we better. have to do better we need to do better just do better guys um but that's not that's not to say that we can't seek something differently 
in a calculated and, for lack of a better word, professional way. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Adult. Mature. Mature. Yeah. 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 I. Which is another thing. There's just another reason why I had you on here because you're almost 10 years younger than me. Yeah. Which is, I consider a certain generational divide because. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the very end of millennial. Yeah. And I'm at the hot middle of millennial. Yeah. And <laughs> in more ways than one. You're such a hot millennial. Um, but right now we're seeing the youth leading these movements. And I first, it first alarmed me when the, that school shooting happened. Which one? <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, the one in Florida. Mm-hmm. Right? I think. God. That's sad. Can we just pause for a moment? Yes. No, no, no. Can we pause for a moment and acknowledge how sad it is that we talk about that school shooting and we don't know which one out of the multitudes in which we're referring to? Yeah. That sucks. Like I said, the status quo has been neurotic mm-hmm. and corrupt for a long time. Um, the Parkland shooting that mm-hmm. inspired this youth movement of where it, it which. You know, in and of itself, okay, the kids from that school and kids from all around the country got up and started talking and expressing their anger. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. To have them on CNN town halls screaming at adults who are, you know, ostensibly trying to change things, Mm -hmm. just screaming anger and vitriol at them. Mm-hmm. That's not helpful. No, I. That doesn't that doesn't move the cause forward, mm-hmm. and it doesn't pull people over to your side. Mm-hmm. I am proud to see the people younger than me wanting to do something. Sure. I am proud to see that they are calling our generation out on our complicity. I am proud to see that. Like I said earlier, I want to be told when I'm wrong. Because I won't grow. But with them pointing things out regarding other generations, different sex, different groups, all this stuff, if you're going to point, you have to be open to be pointed at, especially from someone who is educated. And who has more life experience yes. than you do. Yes. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm sorry, a 15-year-old's perspective <laughs> on life is not going to be the same as mine. No. And my perspective on life is not going to be the same as yours. It's just frustrating to me as a millennial who kind of, I mean, we're all still in the grips of the baby boomers. The baby boomers still run everything. Yes. Um, To watch young people who have very little experience and apparently no education. No. Um... They pulled down a statue of Ulysses S. Grant mm-hmm. and Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to learn who those people are before you pull down their fucking statues, you little twerps. Yes. But it's, it's frustrating to see those people start to lead a national movement and start to call out my generation for complicity when, fuck, I'm, I mean, my hands have been fucking tied. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, and I don't think that's something that they can see. And acknowledge. Yeah, well, because they've never had to get a job. Yes. Maybe they have, maybe some of them have, but 
they've never had to make their way in the world and try to start a career mm -hmm. and work and build a life for themselves outside of their parents' household. Gen Zers need to understand that us as millennials have never been taken seriously. No. Ever. No. Gen well, Zers are you being... You know, I will say, once I hit 30, people started taking me a little more seriously. But, I was, I mean, I was thinking about this. It's, boomers, they, they grew up in a situation where they could work mm -hmm. a, a menial job mm -hmm. that would pay their way through college. Yes. And after they got out of college, there were a lot of jobs for them mm -hmm. that allowed them to social, high, a high degree of social mobility. They raised us mm -hmm. in luxury, mm -hmm. relative luxury mm -hmm. compared to generations past and mm -hmm. compared to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. We grew up much with more, I don't know. I, we grew up with a handout. <clears throat> yeah, we grew up with a handout. And, and in, in living in a luxurious, gilded mm -hmm. upbringing, we developed our talents in mm -hmm. marketing and customer service mm -hmm. and the arts mm -hmm. and advanced science mm -hmm. and technology. Visual communications. Yeah, visual communications. And so when they see us performing these tasks, mm -hmm. like doing a podcast, or mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me has been doing video. Mm -hmm. I train myself to be able to produce quality video mm -hmm. for people. Older people do not understand, as far as I've worked with, the boomers that I've worked with do not understand how much work goes into that. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, that's just a cute little craft you can game. do. Yeah, you just do that yeah. and just let me pay you $200 Such a nice for hobby. that. And it's like, whoa, you're talking about two, three weeks of my time? Mm -hmm. Plus all the equipment's required. Oh, well, all the equipment's already, I've already invested in all that and I haven't seen a return on my investment there yet. There you go. There you go. I mean, I should probably put it in those terms because they understand investment. They understand those yes. those terms. I guess what I would like to say to Gen Z is boomers are collecting the Gen Zers and putting them under the millennial name. Anyone below the age of 40. Oh, yeah. They just dismiss them as yeah. a millennial. Yeah. yeah. Yo, you're just a millennial. Gen Zers, guys, listen, like... Millennials have a tarnished name through no fault of our own. Through no fault of our own. No, some fault of our own, but some, mostly not. But mostly not. Generally speaking, this is all generalized. We're a victim of the modern age. Yes. <laughs> so why not use better terminology? Why not present yourself with educated opinions? Mm -hmm. Present yourself in a way to where you cannot be discredited. And that, that, I think, is what's not happening. I think that's what's lacking. Well, and going back to what you just said about your lived experience, mm -hmm. that's another woke term. Mm -hmm. People use their lived experience as mm -hmm. this, like, handy counter. They, you know, if they get into an argument, they can say, oh, well, my but lived experience, this. you can't, you can't yeah. discredit my lived experience. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, we, you know, in the, in the educated and scientific and academic and, you know, sense-making realm, mm -hmm. we call that anecdotal evidence. Mm -hmm. And we don't give it nearly as much credence as 
generations of accumulated knowledge that we've parsed out and pitted against each other to come out with yeah. the most general knowledge we can. So it's it's I frustrating just... to see because what they're doing is it like like you said they're not they're not that well educated. No. And, and they don't and yet actively seek self-education. No. But they but they they while they relish in their lived experience mm-hmm. and they hold it up as this example of how how much knowledge they have because that's equated with knowledge. Lived experience is something that happens whether you like it or not. <laughs> You are going exactly. to experience. We all have fucking good. lived experience. Yes. Yeah. If you've lived, <laughs> you have experience. Yeah. Does that and mean technically that a seventy-six-year-old has more? Has much more than you yes. do. Yes. So if we're going so, to go on that basis, listen to the people who are older than you a little bit more. Yeah. You don't have to agree with them, but as soon as you know their lived experiences, you can very, very justly. Form your own opinions. Yeah. Very justly. And honestly, like... Through seeking out other conversation. Yeah. Within people, or from people who are not even in your friend group, not your peers, not your classmates, people who you don't know. Listen to a podcast. Read a book. Read an actual book. Read an actual book. Ink on paper. The whole point of an education is that you do interact with people that you never would have interacted mm-hmm. with before yeah. that you never would have known and you get a new perspective. Mm-hmm. You can literally learn anything from talking to your neighbor, mm-hmm. from talking to an old person mm-hmm. down the street. They have stories to tell mm-hmm. and they have stories that are necessary to be heard yeah. and necessary to be learned and necessary to be documented. That's that's something that I think is lacking as well. I, in college, wrote a paper about my grandfather. Nice. I had to interview someone, and a lot of the people in my class interviewed, like, their boss or someone who they saw as successful or, you know, just what they thought would get them an A. For I sure. interviewed my grandfather, and he invented one of the missile transmitter things, weird war stuff. He invented it under the guise of company, never got any credit, nothing, and owned restaurants and worked for Jana King for years. And his design and invention is still being used. And he has no credit. Does he get royalties? No. Damn. No, he he got to meet JFK. Oh, that's cool. Um, in June or July of 63, which he was assassinated in November, um, he got to meet JFK at the missile launch. I wouldn't have known that story. I wouldn't have thought to ask that had it not been an assignment. And that's my fault. That's my fault. I should be willing to talk to people, especially my family members, who are so involved in history. Yeah. These Well that's and that's something we don't we've lost sight of that we think of our family as outdated like ever since the sixties mm-hmm. we've had this negative, cynical view of the family mm-hmm. and we've had this drive to 
separate, go out on your own, young man, find your own way. Which I think is a product of our upbringing. The, the whole, you can do anything you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, it started back in the 60s yeah. with the boomers. Yeah. And they did it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them divorced from their families. A lot of them separated, went mm-hmm. out on their own, told their parents to go fuck themselves, mm-hmm. and regretted it later. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think we're still living with that shadow. We still live with that mindset for sure. Yes. Like, I know so many more people today who have disavowed their families yeah, and will not speak to their families. And it's like, guys, like if you're okay, if your dad is organizing clan rallies, I can understand like disavowing that. If you came out and were kicked out of your household at the age of 14. Sure. By all means, get away from them. Sure. Get away from them. But also understand that, You've got their genes Mm -hmm. coursing through your veins. Mm -hmm. You're going to have similarities to them. You're going to have, there's going to be something you can learn from them Mm -hmm. that will help you in the future. Yes. Whether you engage with them actively or not. Yes. uh, Most of us can engage actively with our families. It's just difficult. Mm -hmm. Every family has screw ups. Every family has secrets. Every family has issues. It's what you choose to do with it that determines everything Mm -hmm. coming from a not ideal childhood yeah and every family is engaged in history like yours was yes and you just have to Mm -hmm. dig through it to find out oh Mm -hmm. this man to a certain extent made history like Raymond Woodard who was on the pod a couple episodes ago Mm mm-hmm his parents forced him to integrate into the white school here in Springfield before it was mandatory to do so. His parents had the foresight to say, hey, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. This is something that needs to happen, Mm -hmm. and you're going to do it because Mm -hmm. we want you to go to college. Mm -hmm. We want you to be all that you can be. Mm -hmm. And they pushed him into that uncomfortable situation Perhaps, I mean, maybe they were aware that they were making history, but maybe they weren't. But they were making history. Yeah. At the core of it, can we not just say they wanted better for their child? Hmm. Regardless of any social or political standing, they wanted better. Yeah. And we have to, we have to be able to look at that, and I wish that Gen Zers would appreciate the past. Be it screwed up, be it oppressive, be it stagnant at times, we have to appreciate it and we have to learn from it or we're not going to know how to present ourselves actively. Yeah. Which brings us to, I think, our last point because we're getting we're getting close to an hour and a half here. Yeah. Racism mm-hmm. is a word that has taken on a variety of different meanings now. Yes. Under the woke banner. Yes. And it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, I mean, I'm, I don't ascribe to wokeness. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to discuss it mm-hmm. without stepping on Fear a bunch of tripwires. Yeah. Racism is real. Mm-hmm. Racism was 
for a large part of America's history, a very dominant ideology. Mm -hmm. Many nations have practiced slavery around the world. From the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. Yes. America was the first nation to exclusively enslave a particular race for economic reasons Mm -hmm. only. They weren't, you know, the Greeks enslaved other Greeks Mm -hmm. that they conquered. The Europeans, the Romans enslaved other Italians. And in some cases it was a class issue too. Yeah. But Americans were the first to say, no, it's the blacks. It's racialized. From Africa that we will enslave. Mm -hmm. And so that racism is profound. Mm -hmm. And it's tied up in economics. It's tied up in the slave mentality, if mm-hmm. you want to call it, like the, just an oppressed population. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's so many facets to it. But up until the civil rights movement was fully realized, mm-hmm. which you could argue it never really was, racism was real. People were barred from entering certain places mm-hmm. because of the color of their skin. People mm-hmm. were denied jobs because of the color of their skin. Not saying that they still aren't, but that is not common. Anymore, I know of one place specifically in our town. Yes. That is that way. Yes. So racism used to be, especially in the South, mm-hmm. the 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 state of mind for the vast majority. It's the norm. Has become a pretty fringe element. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not talking about systemic racism. I'm not talking about the new form of racism. I'm talking about people who literally saw you and said. You are inferior Mm -hmm. in intellect or physical capability or whatever because of the color of your skin. Yeah. That's what racism used to mean. Yeah. You literally viewed whites as superior to blacks. Yep. Now racism has become this insidious thing that all of us have. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean anything anymore because if everyone is, then what is it? Yeah. Like, this is what's confusing to me. Because when you say something is racist, you should be, like, you can point to the early Disney cartoons. Yes. Of yes. Those big, you know, caricatured blackface mm-hmm. people chomping on watermelons. Yes. That's racist. Mm-hmm. It's a racist trope, stereotype. You look at the propaganda of the Nazis Mm -hmm. against the Jews. Yep. That's racist. People are calling things racist now that are like, well, I don't, it's, it's, this goes back to the simplification. I don't know that that's really racist. This goes back to simplification. Make it simple. Yes. Make it simple. And you know what? Language evolves and has evolved from the beginning of time. Come up with new words. Yeah. Come up with new words. Yes. Not everything that's going on is racism. Is it interconnected with racism? Yes. Perhaps. Yes. But we need to be able to evolve our language to suit our societal needs. Yes. We and have going to back, do that. You know, going back to that guy that, was, that had to step down because he said, we will still collect art from white folks. To not collect art from white people is reverse racism. 
Well, no, it's just racism. I don't yeah. even like the word reverse racism. Exactly, and that's that stupid. is racism. It's racism. Period. Reverse. It's to say reverse racism means that it's oh, like, it's like there's this backlash against it's 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 always keeping the black question in mind. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, every if everyone is racist or every like mm-hmm. that's what I don't. Okay, a good word for what Robin D'Angelo, the author of White Fragility, who wrote this horrifying book where she documents all of her racism and then projects it onto all of her white friends and the entire white population at large, Hmm. that woman can go suck a fuck. Mm -hmm. But according to her definition, all white people just, just are racist, and if they don't know it, they're even more racist, and if they won't admit it, they're even more racist. But if they admit that they're racist, then they're just a little bit less racist. I can... Which is... This I can is, admit that I've said racist statements through upbringing and being taught that it was an acceptable thing to say or do. But you do better now, don't you? I do better. <laughs> I do. I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm a really great person. And she is. Yeah. She's, she's a really I'm great person. I'm just a really great person and I just don't like all these labels. <laughs> no, it's... Come up with better terms. Present yourself in a way that you can be respected. Yes. Well, my term would be xenophobia. Yes. If you're going to say everyone is racist, you should just say, no, actually, scientifically, everyone is a little bit xenophobic Mm -hmm. in the sense that when they see someone that looks different than them, that acts different than them, that speaks different than Mm -hmm. them, there is a, there's a, there's a, a bigger barrier to overcome if you want to actually connect on an intimate level with that person. And that that's a comfort zone thing. It is. It's a tribal, animalistic mm-hmm. thing. Yes. And as civilized people, we have come up with hundreds of thousands of different ways from, you know, learning foreign languages, traveling, mm-hmm. studying other cuisines, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, of getting getting around this and starting to overcome these mm-hmm. tribal instincts. Yes, but we but, we do still have to realize that we are animalistic. Sure. We have to acknowledge that and as civilized human beings, we have to be able to correct those animalistic behaviors. Yes. We have to be able to do that. We are still animals at the core. But we can't things. call that racism. No. We no. can call that xenophobia, we can call it, you know, whatever evolutionary psychologists want to call it. Yeah. But I'd like to reserve the term racism for racist for the cops mm-hmm. in Selma, yes. Alabama, who mm-hmm. sicked German shepherds on children that were marching. I want to reserve for their that, rights. I want to reserve that term for white fathers who disallow their daughters from dating black men. Correct. Or black women. Mm-hmm. Now if I don't agree with or something. bars that don't allow people of a certain color inside. Yeah, the people of a certain color, gender, uh, sexual orientation. Well, we no, have, no, racist is just for the color. Yes, like, yes, but we have those things. Yeah. We have those things who are that are evident in our community specifically. I'm not going to talk broad spectrum. Yeah. Because our community is what matters to me. If I can't do something in our community, I'm not going to do anything else for anyone else. <laughs> It's, it will not matter. Clean up your own room before you yes. go out and try to fix yes. the world. Yeah. Don't throw rocks at a glass house when yours is made of the same material. Like, my laundry's clean. It doesn't I'm matter. I'm trying to clean mine. Oh, well. I but mean, 
I mean, yeah, and it's. <sighs> I think it's. I think it's dangerous to to dilute these terms. Mm-hmm. When exactly. you call when you exactly. call everything that you don't like or that or that represents the systems mm-hmm. or the institutions of America, mm-hmm. when you call them all white supremacist, that you lose you lose sight of the fact that there are people, white people who trace their ancestry back to the Germanic and Nordic mm-hmm. tribes and who would like to never interact with anyone except for those people. Mm-hmm. Those people exist. Mm-hmm. They're very few and far between, mm-hmm. but they exist. Mm-hmm. We need to reserve that term for them. Yes. Not for the Tennessee State Capitol. Yeah. Or, I don't know, if the, our, the American our, flag. If our government is being corrupt and acting in a racist way, then yes, that's fine. But if Which it's, it was if it's, in the 60s. Yes, but if it's not direct, if you can't pinpoint and be like, this is why, and it's relative to today, mm-hmm. it doesn't count. We need to be able to evolve our language. Yes. We need, we all need to read more in order to evolve that language. Yes. In order to understand root words. Because there are systemic issues. Yes. There are yes. lingering traces but, of the slave trade and the Jim Crow, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, that still exist in society. And we have to come up with practical, productive ways of correcting those mm-hmm. inequalities. Three. We're not going to do it by calling the culture at large mm-hmm. racist and white supremacist yes. because the culture at large simply isn't racist and white supremacist. Mm-hmm. I grew up in it as a Lebanese gay mm-hmm. grew up in American culture. And I'm sorry, but the nineties was the generation where everything was on TV. Every time you watch a kid's show, yeah. every single race was represented. Every gender mm-hmm. was re- Well, well, no, gays and trans were not represented, but as far it as was, male, it female. was a rainbow. Yeah, yeah. Of colors, I I think through if we continue down the path that we are continuing on with wokeness, I think we are going to lose our sense of individuality, and we are going to lose the fact that you and I have differences. We both have strengths and weaknesses. And we are going to lose that at the cost of appearing woke. We are going to lose individuality. And individuality is what makes a society thrive. Because a society is composed of individuals. Yes. I, I would really, really, really like to be able to point specific things out that are wonderful, wonderful things. But I can't for fear of being labeled racist. Yeah. I can't do it. And if I'm wrong and felt able to voice those opinions and someone corrected me and told me a better way to present it, to present that opinion, I would. But wokeness and the cancel culture has shifted us so much so that if we even have inklings of ideas that could possibly benefit us, we have this sense of fear that our peers are... We're going to trigger some racial yeah, we're sensibility. Gonna trigger. We're going to trigger. Yeah. 
okay? I have plenty of triggers, as we all do. We all do. Yeah, and you know what becoming an adult means? Coping. 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 Learning how to minimalize those triggers. And And not expecting other people to do it for you. And acknowledging what those triggers are and trying to avoid circumstances where you could put yourself in a triggering place. Yes, or and, and overcoming the triggers themselves. Yes, and I will say there, I have a couple things I won't get over. Mm-hmm. We all do. Sure. We all do. I will never get over loving dick. I mean, that's fine. Sorry. I, speaking openly, because like you said, we don't give a fuck. I can't, won't watch porn. Oh, you're missing out. No, you're can't, not. Can't do it. I was sexually assaulted by someone I was dating who would watch porn to get ready for me. Oof. Yeah, can't do it. Sex scenes in movies make me uncomfortable. Oof. Right? Yeah. And I'm judged for that constantly. Constantly. Like, if there's a sex scene in a movie, I literally will walk out of the room because I don't like it. Yeah. That's not me making a scene. That's not me telling you to turn it off. That's not me saying anything. It's me separating. It's me coping. It's me separating myself from something that makes me uncomfortable to no fault of anyone around me. Yeah. And that can be said for every movement, every group. There are going to be those things. For every individual, there are going to be those things. We have to educate ourselves and figure out what we can do for ourselves individually to make ourselves, one, comfortable and functional. I see the younger generation talking about triggers and trigger warnings, content warnings on social media. That's all fine. That's all good and well. But is, you're debilitating. You're debilitating yourself. You are. You're debilitating yourself yes. because any psychiatrist will tell you if you have an aversion to uh, an illogical um, aversion to something yeah. that that inhibits your functionality in yes. society. The best way to treat that is to very gently expose yourself mm-hmm. to that thing. Yeah. So that you learn to. Yes. And I'm not going to allow over be able to yeah live with it. I'm not going to allow my triggers to have dominion over your existence. Sure, that's not going to happen. Because I'm never going to no ban no. sex scenes in movies. Yes, that's or that's porn. stupid. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, to ban it. Me personally, don't like it. Not for me. That's cool. That's my decision. Yeah. And I think we can see this in wokeness, where if you use the term trigger warning, suicide in a post, it's liable to be taken down Mm. because you didn't put a content warning, right? We see on Facebook where posts regarding sex, suicide, mental health, racism, they have the content cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get it to a degree. To a degree. I mean, but at what point does it become a crutch? Yes. Do I want to see bloodied people on my feed? I would like the option to not see it. Yeah. I would like well, that option. Well, I don't option. follow anyone that, I yeah. don't follow any group that posts shit like yeah. that. Exactly. It's take responsibility for yourself, mm-hmm. for your mental health. For your perception, 
for your education. Take responsibility for your own ignorance and move forward. I want to finish this with a with some notes that I took mm-hmm. on a book by Shelby Steele. Okay. He is a black conservative. He wrote a book called White Guilt. Okay. And it's because you brought up the idea of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and his argument runs pretty much thusly. Mm-hmm. It rests on these two fundamental ideals of freedom and responsibility, Mm -hmm. which he sees as fundamental to at least the American Mm -hmm. character, if not Western European character. But I don't even think he would take it that far. I think he's specifically talking about America. Um, And he asserts that since the beginning, blacks were first denied both freedom Mm -hmm. and responsibility. Mm -hmm. In the state of slavery, blacks were denied freedom. Mm -hmm. They were also denied, they were also not responsible Mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. Their white masters built their little huts, gave them them food, gave them white names, Mm -hmm. you know, provided their basic essentials and Mm -hmm. said, work. Mm -hmm. After slavery, you had Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Blacks won their freedom and then were immediately thrust into this era of Jim Crow where mm-hmm. they lost their freedom, but they were given responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so they were now responsible for working, for bringing themselves up, for providing for their families, mm-hmm. but they were not free mm-hmm. to interact with whites. Or have an identity and at the with least. Whites. Yeah, not, I mean, to have an identity, but just to, they were, they were cloistered. Mm-hmm. And so they were expected to take responsibility of themselves without the freedom to be all they could be. Yes. The civil rights movement was trying to get that freedom. Mm-hmm. And they won that freedom. And in winning that freedom, they put this giant mirror up especially in uh, Martin Luther King's demonstrations. Mm -hmm. He put this giant mirror up to white society and said, look at yourselves. Mm -hmm. Look how you're acting Mm -hmm. when we're just asking to be free. Mm -hmm. You're racists. Mm -hmm. And white America said, shit. Yes, you are correct. We are racists. Mm -hmm. And thus begins the cycle of white guilt. Mm -hmm. White America suddenly finds itself without any moral authority Mm -hmm. because it's lived for centuries with this racism. Mm -hmm. And so the whites say, well, the only way we can regain our moral authority Mm -hmm. is to take responsibility for your situation. Mm -hmm. So instead of winning the freedom and the responsibility that a culture or a community needs to empower itself. And Mm -hmm. they were robbed of the responsibility. They Mm -hmm. were given freedom. But now whites are saying, no, 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 we're going to, we're we're going to fix this. We're going to take, we're we're going to make this this better. Mm -hmm. We're going to make this better. Do better. And the democratic party Mm -hmm. has been doing that for centuries, not for centuries, for, for decades. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to end it with that because I thought that was a very interesting analysis. Yes. And I, I think we are. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna be done. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, 
I think we all need to... We need to educate ourselves. We mm-hmm. need to... My dad always told me, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Use it accordingly. <laughs> Listen more than you speak. And there's a reason your brain is in between both ears. That's, that's how it needs to work. You need to hear before you speak. Dad sounds like a wise fella. At least in that respect. In that respect, yes. <laughs> Courtney. Yes. Let's do this again. What's up? Soon. Yes. Anytime. I'll walk. We're that close. <laughs> we're very close. <laughs> All right. We're going to sign off of Near Dark Radio for tonight. Yes. Yes.